Hi, so today I want to talk about the father wound. So last time I talked about the mother wound and um, so now it's another episode now on the father wound. Um, in the mother wound episode I, I, I said my mom was married very young. Um, so in my village, so my mom was married to my father who was a prince and who had several wives. So um, my mom grew up seeing uh, my father visit her grandfather because my mom was raised by her grandparents. And so this man, my father, would come and visit my grandfather, no, my great-grandfather. And uh, so she knew him. But one day, they decided to marry her to this man. So she became, uh, I don't know, wife number, I don't know, um, in a compound where my father had his main house and then rooms for the wives and their children. So it's in that context that I came to the world. And um, yeah, so... uh, so in the main house, my father had, I think, two, my mother and another wife living in the main house. And the women, the wives, the other wives in, the, in, like, in like apartments on the compound. So it created already a lot of tension because some women um, kind of were favorite and had to, uh, could live in the same main house like our father and stuff. So... It was not a good situation, and even uh, aside from that, it was really a bad situation. Um, this uh, kind of context of one man, many wives, one father, many children, and uh, it creates this uh, insecurity, competition. Um, yeah, the atmosphere was really not good, and my mother didn't like it, so she ran away at one point. What I discovered recently is that when my mom ran away and left us with our great-grandmother, apparently our father came to take us. um, And uh, our great-grandmother said, no, I was not there. I didn't see it, but my sister saw it. She said, no, you cannot take them. And then he left. He he respected uh, her wish and left. And um, so, yeah, so through the years where we're changing caregivers and everything, at one point we lived in Yaoundé, in the capital of Cameroon, with our uncle. And my uncle who died recently, it's still a real heartbreak, he introduced me to my father, so that was a very special moment for me because without that particular time, I would not have like any memories of my father. I think I was, I don't know if I was nine or 10 years old when that happened or eight years, I don't know. So yeah, my father was like um, a member of the Cameroon parliament. So when he came into town, into the into Yaoundé for his parliamentary sessions, I would go visit him in his hotel, Hotel des Députés. 
in Yaoundé. And so like I got to spend a bit of time with him and, you know, it was not much time, but still a bit of time. And um, at one point, um, he decided to take my sister and me to the village. He said he's taking his kids back to the village. And uh, by chance, our mom came that day and then he didn't take us. Anyways, all that to say that um, I always, always, always wanted to have a dad. It was like this imprint in my soul, this longing, this hunger, this emptiness, this this big embrace, my arms stretched and there was no one to embrace on there. There was no father to embrace. There was no, you know, I'm stretching my arms and then there's no one there for to, to take and as a father figure. So I always admired so much um, other kids who had fathers. It's for me, it's a fast, it was a fascination. How, how do you get a father? Like, I don't know, like, what what do you need to do? What do you need to do? Like, what? It's like a, I think I was, I was seeing it like a, like a job something where you have special qualities, but then, like, what special qualities? Like, who decides them? Well, why do I not have those special qualities to have a father too? So as I grew up, I had this, uh, yeah, and and I had this longing for my father. So I would I would I would look for my father everywhere. Even when I came to Europe as a teenager, um, I had a stepfather. Um, our mom wanted us to call father, but I never. For me, my father was my father in Cameroon, and I saw him everywhere. When I traveled to New York for the first time, any respectable black man I saw with the with a trench coat, gray hair, in a suit. I said, oh, this is my father. Like I would look at him and wait for him to recognize me or smile at me. And then, no, it was not my father. Like I just kept looking for my father everywhere I go. I went, every city I visited, I just kept seeing this, this like respectable older black man. And I said, oh, he must be my father. He must be. Look at his face. Look at his nose. His nose looks like mine. And then, of course, it was not my father. It was just like dreaming for a few minutes, um, like forgetting reality for a few minutes, right? So um, at one point, I decided to, to start talking to my father anymore. Anyways, it took longer because my mom got in the way and uh, and blocked the... I wrote a letter to my father and then my mom didn't give it to her. So it took longer than um, necessary. But uh, at one point, I, I managed to get through to him and then we started talking on the phone. So every week we, we would call each other once and just have a chat. It was like, at first, just like, he's, he was uh, a very easygoing man in the sense that he was funny, he was intuitive in that he knew it was not easy for me because we didn't know each other. And uh, But, you know, he kept at it, he would call, and then I was just so happy he was talking to me. Like, seriously, I was so, so happy. My sister wasn't ready and my sister never wanted to talk to him. And um, so, yeah, 
So we kept that communication and then I was like making promises to him that I would come to Cameroon and see him. And then I think he wanted to buy a car. He wanted to send money and um, for us to like buy him a car in Europe and send to, to Cameroon as it was done at the time, a lot at the time. Um, what else? He, he told me how proud he was of me, of that I was studying, that he was so proud of me. So it made me, it made me really happy. And, uh, and yeah, so I was like kind of building that relationship. It wasn't going really fast, but you know, which is normal because we don't, we don't, we didn't know anything of each other. Um, yeah, until I never got to actually. So he sent me a letter. During that year we were communicating, he sent me a letter um, in which he, I still have the letter. It's one of like my, um, <laughs> I have an archive of many, many artifacts of my life. It's really crazy. But I have this letter and in, in, in it he, he, he talks about the family and that uh, uh, I think at the time uh, my last sister was not yet born, that we are 75 children, that he's proud of us and that he has 150 cows and stuff, stuff, stuff. And um, yeah, that letter is even more precious to me today because one year after we started talking, uh, my father died suddenly and it was really, really so painful because I never got that opportunity to go to Cameroon and see him and meet him and then as an adult to talk to him, you know, um, and be welcomed by him. So, yeah, it, that is, that is um, something. Is my, is, is my father wound gone? I don't think so, though. Like, but I'm not, how do I say it? I'm not so bothered by it. I'm not so, it played a lot of, uh, it played, a, it was, a, the consequence was like self-sabotage in relationships, inability to trust and um, fear of abandonment, terrible fear of abandonment. And I've been with my partner for 10 years. It's not always been easy, but I think I don't have that fear of being abandoned anymore. And it comes from this uh, relationship that, you know, um, we have built for 10 years. So it has repaired many things. Um, there's still a little part of my soul who, who's, I still admire people who have that, you know, but um, I'm just happy for them. I think I would even want to like just spend time with them and watch them with their dad and see what they talk about because I'm so fascinated, you know. I just want to see like the dynamic, if they show each other love, if they they, they, they have banter or, you know, I just, yeah, I, I, I like that. So actually I should find a show where, <laughs> maybe a reality show where like, you know, father-daughter or father-son, it doesn't matter where you can see the relationship, not a movie, but like a show. Um, yeah, so that's uh, 
my father's story, um, it, it's just that, um, it's just like these people, yeah, that's where my melancholic mimic comes in. But I have a reality too that uh, pulls me to the present. Um, luckily, I have three daughters, so it's amazing. And I tell them about uh, my father, but just a little bit because I cannot share the whole story yet. But hey, that is it. So do I have any tips? If you have a father wound, I would say um, to see how maybe it can play in sabotage in relationships romantic relationships and even friendships like this fear of abandonment it just makes you uh, act in a very I would say confusing way because you're so scared of it happening that yeah your your actions your you're trying to prevent it prevent um, the abandonment can actually lead to the abandonment. So it's important to, to examine how. I'm sure um, not having a father impacts us in different ways. Um, just now I was thinking that how amazing I would it would have been if like as an adult I would have spent like just a day with my father and like had a chat like a meal and just like talk you know, and give each other a hug. Yeah, so compared to my mother wound, I would say, um, you know, because my mother is present, of course I struggle more with her because I cannot struggle with my father. So my father has kind of like this deified image or this good image because he's not here and even when he was alive, it was like he was, in my mind, like better viewed, of course. But the thing is, the reality, the rational, that's not like not the emotional, the rational part of my brain knows that the person who was there for me or who tried her best, even if it was not good enough, was my mother, not my father. So um, I still know that. And uh, yeah, so that's the reality of it. But all that to say that if you carry this in you, it's something you can work through. You can work through it. You can find how it impacts you and what you have to release, you know. And I think practicing self-forgiveness is so important. We have to forgive ourselves for these circumstances that happen to us you know and these are things that happen to me um it doesn't make me a bad person as i used to feel in the in the past like or a broken person it, it doesn't make me it's it's like that that's my life that's what happened to me so it's really uncovering these things so that we don't feel broken ashamed you know and hiding because we think we are we are broken at the core. No one should know. No. Um, yeah, it's just really uncovering the consequences in your life 
and addressing them because sometimes it feels so daunting. It's as if if we admit to ourselves that this is the feeling we feel. It's as if everything's just going to crumble, but actually nothing is going to happen. Sometimes it's easier to fix than we think, but it takes the step of looking inside, you know, not forgetting the chatter and really looking inside. So how does this make me feel? What is what is what is going on with me? Why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I speak to myself this way? Where does it come from? And sometimes we don't need to do the work ourselves. We can have like a therapist or a friend or and do like have this conversation to see where these things come from. And from there we can start undoing them because when we recognize patterns, we gain awareness. And from there we can like, if you're always telling yourself, I don't know, I'm ugly. And then you start questioning, but why do I speak to myself that way? And you start uncovering, trying to understand the emotion, where it comes from. When you will uncover that, when you will start telling yourself you're ugly again, after a while, you will catch yourself. It will not feel right anymore because you've uncovered that and you've like, you've dug deep to find the underlying emotion. So that's what I, I wish um, for all of us. Thank you and until next time. <laughs>